This is That Marketing Podcast. Made by marketers for marketers. Welcome to another episode of That Marketing Podcast, brought to you by Spotlight UK. Today we're entering the world of virtual assistants with Charlotte Donninger of Pink Spaghetti Colchester. We'll cover how perception of the VA role differs from reality and get Charlotte's take on whether personas are part of your initial planning or whether they emerge from understanding your early customer base. I hope you enjoy and as ever, happy marketing. All right, Charlotte, welcome to the podcast. Hello and thank you. Welcome. (laughs) (laughs) So we're we're exploring the sort of view from different industries throughout this season of the podcast. And virtual assistance is an industry that, you know, I sort of know people who work in it, but it's not one I've spent a lot of time thinking about, which is why I was keen to get you on and especially what what marketing things look like from that perspective. Okay. As soon as you say virtual assistant, I think people get get an image in their heads. I think it's probably quite similar to sort of traditional PA. Is is that fair, or have we moved beyond that? Do you think? Yes, certainly. And it yes, BA PA. So it is all about supporting businesses um, with um, virtual assistance. Um, and yes, um, you know the the world of the PA um, has moved into another world of virtual assistance. And if you think of what a PA traditionally used to do for a business, it's still very much what um, they do now, but virtually. But I do believe the world of virtual assistance um, is a lot more um, than what people some people still think it's a bit of a secretarial role and you know I've, I've, I've known of some very great secretaries and uh, PAs to the point where I've actually been quite scared of them um, you know because they've always been the gatekeeper to your boss or, or to the MD of the company and knows a lot more about the company than you probably will ever do yourself but um, in terms of the world of virtual assistants yes it is all about um, supporting small businesses um, with everything from administrative through to sales and marketing tasks so when you look at small businesses, um, you know, a lot of the times they can't afford um, permanent um, skilled resource. So they will use virtual assistance, um, you know, for certain um, uh, parts of their business, whether that be, like I say, sales, it could be marketing, it could be general admin, it could be um, some administration, sorry, um, research work. So it's anything that I would, or what I always do with clients is like, what is it you're missing in your businesses? What is it you're not doing, but you know, you need to do. And it's critical to keep your business moving forward. So that's what we do is we look at the critical tasks that are required in a business. And, you know, and what we will try and do is, you know, get those moving, get it, get, help the business moving forward um, and even put in new processes and help that business owner to say, right, well, we, this is how we're doing now. and This is how you're going to work. So a lot of it is process or tr- um, transformation um, services as well within a small business. So we're not looking at putting in a huge new infrastructure from an IT perspective, but it, there are ways that we could look at things that could actually be more to help them being more productive. So when you're more productive, you deliver more and therefore you're adding more value to your clients. Yeah, I mean, if, if a business hasn't got the resource to have, as you say, like a full time marketing team on there, then obviously efficiency in terms of ROI um, has got to be there. Yeah. Absolutely. And the thing is, with marketing for small businesses, you know, a lot of small businesses are expecting a return on any type of marketing investment um, straight away. So. 
on that basis, do I employ somebody or do they actually go out to use a social media expert, a marketing expert or even a virtual assistant? Because a lot of people that are in a virtual assistant world do have a strong marketing background, but there's a lot of other skill sets they can utilise. So they wouldn't necessarily say I'm just purely social media. But in terms of small businesses, um, yeah, a lot of the time it's, it's, it is down to the business owner or somebody maybe in the office or somebody that works part time is, oh, I can do the marketing. And it's never. And what we do see as well is that people say I know I've got to do it but I'm not too sure how and oh I'll just pop something on Facebook <laughs> so I always say to clients that marketing is absolutely critical um, to the success of your business and being visible um, you know it's all about creating your brand um, and it's developing that fam familiarity out to your audience as well so I always think it's I've heard you know it's that good old saying is oh I've heard of you so, yeah, but a lot of people think well, I'm going to spend marketing and I expect results now. Well, we both know that it takes time to do that. Yeah. How do you go about convincing a, a micro business like that of the the brand building part of it, the part that, you know, you do it now and it will start generating a massive ROI in, in a year's time. But it's hard for them to look at that time scale and say, well, what do I do in, in the meantime? How do you get over that resistance? Yeah, so it's really making sure that you can plan. It's, well, first of all, is I always think to clients is, well, who is it you're trying to reach? Do you really understand who your target audience is? And um, people usually say, yes, I know who they are. And I say, OK, well, let's let's get your avatar out. Let's see who they are. And do you, and what are the, and what are their values of an organ? Um, what are their values as well as a business or an individual? Do you think? But what's your values as well? So what a lot of people don't do is just think, oh yes, well I know I'm going to attack. Um, let's for example the schools market. Okay, who in the schools market are you going to approach? So it's really drilling down into really understanding who your audience actually is. Um, so it takes a bit quite a bit of work of that um, with some clients. So I always say keep in mind who your audience is. We need to look at currently who you are working with and working with well. So that's a starting point. Um, and then in terms of the marketing, so where we do have clients, we will um, I do the social media, for example. Um, it's about planning in advance, a good month in advance, um, you know, um, or more and then putting an actual proper plan together. So I personally love to plan um, and I think it's critical again within marketing that you have those plans as well rather than going, oh, I need to do something today. Or, or I've not posted today, I've not done anything, um, you know, because it doesn't really, you, there's no structure to your marketing then. Yeah, you've got to, you, you've got to have a, an idea of like a monthly theme or something, and it, it does make it easier to, like, it's one of those where, if it's, 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 it's the brand building, isn't it, that you might take you all a day or a week to yeah, write out your marketing calendar, but actually it'll save so much time. The rest of yeah, the year, I think works. a lot of people think they haven't got the content for marketing, and I'm like, yeah, the content, it's there. You know, and a lot of the time it's, it's it could be anything from understanding your personality as your business owner, what drives you, what motivates you. So it isn't just about the product and service. It's also about the, the personality and the brand behind the brand of the business as well. So you're part of it. So, you know, we need to look people need to look at that as well, because people do buy from people as well. And I think that is really important in small businesses to actually get, you know, who are you <laughs> and why should I work with you um, on that as well? Do you think there's a, a a tendency to think, oh, I need I need to have a brand, and people people don't realise that they are the brand. You know, they can be they don't have to have the kind of 
corporate logos, identity things. Yeah, I'm guilty of that. You know, I'm I'm an old-fashioned girl, so to speak. And again, I've worked for big corporate, small businesses, and it's always been about the business rather than the individual. Okay, I didn't own my business, and I own my business now. Um, you know, even I sort of sometimes struggle to think, oh, you know, what else can I talk about? I need to talk be be a bit more personable, perhaps. You know, and depending on you know the platform you want to use. Um, and so, yeah, so we've all got to bring that forward a little bit because you are investing in, in, in some, you know, you are investing in that person as well. Yeah, I wonder if there's a continuum of pers personality, if that's not a horrendous phrase to bring. Like, clearly, clearly like a, pod a podcast like this, where it's two people talking that has personality written through it by its <laughs> nature, and then and like video content probably does as well. Blogs. Sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. I think some some of the blogs that I write are quite personal, and some aren't. And then then you get your kind of your resources, your heavier things, which I think might not be such a thing for for small businesses, but big sort of big chunky written resources. I think kind of I, I wonder whether personality fits in there so much, or whether that just whether you, when you go into that level of detail, you do need to be kind of if not dry, but you know. Oh yeah, I think it's yeah, I do think it's important, um, you know, you know, to have that. Um, and you know, we live in a world where it's just everything is dominated by social media. And so sometimes I think it, it's a real differentiator because if you are, you know, for example, in my world, there's a lot of people who do virtual assistants. Um, and you know, you just need to you need to get your head above the parapet. And how do I, how am I different? You know, what makes me unique, and why am I good at what I'm doing? Yeah, I mean, the one of the other part of it for small businesses is marketing is very, it's a very jargon-heavy yes. area, and um, I'm, I'm personally not a fan of it. And I wonder if that's where where small that's where small businesses struggle with it. You kind of get bed, bed, yeah. bed they're bogged down in so many acronyms. You think, well, actually, like you said, you you find your your avatar or personas is what is the mm. word we use, but I think it's the same context. You, you find those people you talk to them and that's all marketing really is so you need to just do it back absolutely and you know it's who do you want to have a conversation with um, at the end of the day and I, I, I agree with you completely there's a huge amount because because of the technical world that we are in there is a lot of jargon out there and I think it can um, you know put people off and rather than looking at new ways to do things and to deliver things and to get that message out there I think there is possibly a hesitancy, but that's where we come in, you see, because that's what virtual assistants do, because we're always, you know, trying to be, you know, part of our roles is to ensure that we're as up to date as possible with what is going on in terms of the marketing world and what's the latest and greatest, you know, and as we know, there's lots of things get launched probably on a weekly, daily basis that we don't all get to see, but actually, you know, we've got a lot of experience behind ourselves of actually almost try and testing certain methods and methodologies, a bit like yourselves, or we know that that can work. Obviously, we can't guarantee it, but we know this is the reason why it would work, and let's have a look at doing something like that, because a lot of businesses, whether large, small, and even individuals, you know, you do get stuck, um, in doing the same thing but if it's not delivering then you've got to change it you gotta mix it up a little bit <laughs> yeah but you, you want to know you want to do something completely different to everybody else but you also want to know it's going to work before you do it so you need an example there so. yeah so a lot of people will say oh i've done i've done loads of facebook ads but it's not delivering anything 
and you're like okay fine well what was your expectation and that's the other thing I think is it a good marketeer or anybody that's offering marketing services you need to understand people's expectations you know and need to impossibly change them <laughs> yeah I imagine that probably ties into what we're talking about about immediate ROI <laughs> that you know like yeah some things are not going to deliver you know and I think it's you know it's delivering the ROI but actually you know what I do ask for some of my clients is is that well if you've got a, a you know how long's that prospect and that nurturing process for that person to um you know in, you know to buy from you um and that should give you an indication as well, well actually um it's taken me a lot you know so how long is it going to get me in front of that person you know or whether that be a zoom or a face-to-face -face meeting or just purely a series of emails how long is it going to take me to actually for that person to then transact with me and i think data is always really important in, of knowing what you're doing and how um and, and what it's delivering back to the business so a lot of people you know when you say well okay well, let's have a look at your roi but how did you get to that figure of oh it's delivered nothing well actually let's have a look at the activity you know how much activity you're putting into this and interestingly it's either not a lot or you've given up <laughs> because it wasn't yeah. instantaneous because someone's told them oh of course you'll get loads of business if you do that get thousands of followers you'll get loads of business okay yeah <laughs> so but messaging is absolutely key it really is yeah as you said many of these oh you know if you do this you'll, yeah like is it and it's to happen if everyone does it then you just end up with people being bombarded by the same message there's that kind of fine line to walk of yeah i need to do what's working for other people but i need to also do something a little yeah. bit unique and the other i think i think marketers of every stripe struggle to hmm. to walk that line and also as well depending on your clients is that not every platform or depending on if you are you know it's a consumers are they actual consumers that you're buying you're selling to or is it businesses that you're selling to and what sectors as well so a lot of times when you know from a small businesses that you're sending generic stuff out across to everybody i'm like it's you know you need to you know again it goes back to who's your audience well let's have a look at their values why would they buy from you then we just need to change that messaging um as long as you know that the um the platform that you're using as well to to market out yeah do you think there's an ideal number of avatars or personas that we have i think we tend in our sort of small to medium sme range we tend to say if you've got more than five personas then you're probably overdoing it what, I, I, i'm doing that <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I would agree with that. Um, so, but again, it depends on how much what your products and services are. But for a small business, um, uh, you know, typically I can give you an example of somebody, you know, for what I do with someone, and um, you know, she's very, very specific, and that's a night, you know, you because of what they do, um, and so you know, you couldn't have a different avatar for that. But then when someone says to me, "Oh, I'll, I'll do business with anybody," like, really? Okay let's have a look at let's really drill down of who your current clients are and i can and nine times out of ten you'll start to see the same you'll start to see the same avatar you know across different clients um but actually so you've got lots of clients but actually this is now your avatar really isn't it um so you know and i would say the people I work with who are typically micro businesses or if they're small businesses are no more than around about 10 people there's no more than about two or three avatars do you think it do you think it matters particularly whether you discover your avatar after six months or if you go into it like 
if you hunt down your first customer based on having that persona generated, do you think there's a difference in how that plays out or does it really depend on the business? Uh, I think it does depend on the business. Um, however, if you're, it's a starting point, I know when I started my business, I was very specific um, or in my head of who my business would be. However, I have got clients from all sorts of shapes and sizes and sectors. Um, but what I am seeing is that I talk a lot about values. So when I understand their business values and I've got to know them, actually the ones where I work well with, we're very similar. So you might start out thinking, oh, it's going to be this person or that type of business. But actually, you start to then gravitate um, to those businesses and people who have the similar types of values and aspirations, um, you know, and, and how you do things as well. Um, so, yeah, I think you can start out with one, but be open minded as well, because you might be, it might be very surprising um, that actually somebody's buying your services and it's somebody that you never thought would be that person. You've not thought about it. So you're constantly learning about your business. So I would never say to somebody, just don't shut yourself down. Um, but if you've got experience, I'm never going to sell into that marketplace because of that. Then fair enough that you know that you've done that and it doesn't work for you. Cool. Yeah. Do you think there are any tactics that are completely universal? If you, if you work with a lot of different businesses and a lot of different sectors, is there anything that can, can apply to everyone? Or is it far more nuanced than that? I'd be interested. Uh, oh, sorry, you broke up a little bit then about planning it same. Sorry. Yeah, I was thinking because I work with quite a specific niche of business. Your experiences are quite a bit broader across sectors. I was wondering if, there, if sort of as a final thought, there is anything marketing-wise that is universal in terms of tactics, or is it so um, industry-specific that you can't say, you know, if, if, if we were to try and finish and say one tip for marketing is this, have we got anything there or is that massively oversimplifying, do you think? Possibly. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, as an individual, I like to try lots of different things um, to, make, to make sure that it's going to work for a client. Um, but then you hone it down. Um, so but, you know, I know that, um, you know, so, you know, you know, Facebook might not work for a certain sector. Um, but it does very well through LinkedIn or from a good old fashioned, um, you know, email marketing, which is, you know, I love. I did not ask Charlotte to say that before we started. <laughs> so if you if your clients are B2B, are you really going to be putting a, if you're spending your time, a huge amount of investment on Facebook? or maybe Instagram, um, you know, you know, you've got to have a presence there, but would you actually put um, all your activity, not necessarily your activity, but all your time and energy um, into those platforms when maybe your clients don't, would they go on those platforms to search for you if they were looking to buy those services or would you be, or would you be educating them through those platforms? Yeah, that's a fair point. We've actually, uh, I think about a couple of months ago, we, we changed tack on what we were doing through Instagram. There was the pre-pandemic, it was very much sort of behind the scenes and like office life stuff. Obviously that disappeared. And changing it to branded content and slightly more, you know, content focused, it did, yeah. it did expand our Instagram reach and engagement significantly, but importantly, not to the point where it's overtaking LinkedIn is our most engaged yeah. Um, yeah. Social channel by a long way. So it's interesting to, like, we've, we've made a game from it, but I think we're putting enough effort into it now. Like, we're, you know, if we're, we're not going to say 
point I'm going to have an Instagram marketer on the team because I don't think with our audience it's ever going to deliver on that scale. But we had we had improved it from from a one to a two. Yeah, absolutely. So if you, you know, for, as a marketer, if you, if it, say if, if say those platforms, those are your that's what you love, that's what you drive your you get your inspiration from. You know, then of course you're going to have to have the right presence on there to attract people as well. So you've got to be seeing that you, you're great at doing that. Um, you know, making sure. So, but I'm a real believer. You, you know, it's the old saying is you've got to go where the where where, where do your customers hang out, and that's where you got to find them. <laughs> so. Yeah. I wanted to pick up on a different bit of that and say, do what you love. And I think that, I think you kind of forget about that. And hopefully we're mm. emerging in, like, you know, with a lot of marketing getting a lot more personable. Mm. And, and you can tell on, on webinars, on videos, you can, you can tell if someone, you know, pushing out content because, because you or I have told them to do it, or if they, you know, if they love writing, if they love making videos. And I think letting that personal energy come into marketing is that quite, especially for a small business. So if you're not enjoying engaging or trying to engage people, then people are going to pick up on that. And, and not oh God, yes, yeah, absolutely. You've always got to think it. What's in it for me? What or what's in it for them? Yeah. You know, if I was on the receiving end of this, do, you know, do I get it? You know and does it fit with me and you know sometimes it does and sometimes i mean there's brands that i know some of their marketing and i'm like oh my goodness but i still buy it because <laughs> <laughs> their product's good <laughs> yeah fair enough <laughs> you'll have the product behind it as well but yeah, exactly that's it you have good marketing and you've got to have good reach etc but you've got to have a good product as well <laughs> i think that's probably a good place to wrap up a marketing podcast you know we talked about all the tactics but if your product's no good then <laughs> you're not going to get anywhere I think no. that is a very sensible point to uh, to wrap things up and say thank you very much for being on. And I think with companies is that you've got, um, you know, if you've put, you know, all that effort into a great marketing um, schedule of some description, you still need to back it up with that human interaction, even if that's just a phone call out to somebody or, you know, trying to get in touch with somebody or sending an email, etc. And I still think you know or even when you're on you know instagram or facebook and if somebody has liked and shared you know have the courteous thing and saying oh great thanks very much for that um you know obviously if you're getting thousands of likes and you go you can't go back to everybody individually um but you can still put something so that's the other thing as well is that you encourage people is that you know people have actually made the effort to like and even share or or or, or comment on it then you know interact back with them yeah i mean like people forget the social part of social media don't they they kind of use that's it as a billboard and social is about having a conversation. That's what you're trying to provoke is to have a con is to stimulate interest and therefore a conversation. Thank you for joining us for another episode of That Marketing Podcast. You clearly have wonderful taste. We hope you found the content useful and and enjoyed it. We'd love you to subscribe wherever it is you're listening to us maybe leave us a review if you can think of a topic that you you'd like us to cover or even if you fancy coming on the podcast and sharing your own experience on a particular topic that uh, you can reach us at marketing team at spotler.co.uk thanks once again and happy marketing mm-hmm.